0: episode of the who that jedi podcast this is episode 171 my name is aaron and with me as always is dave and fredo how are we doing guys doing good doing good dave just said he was eating very spicy tacos so his warning of nasal issues but are, are is it really the nasal issues we need to worry about after eating spicy tacos um hopefully we'll have at least an hour
1: should be fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway now uh yeah this evening we're going to be talking about the uh most recent episode of ahsoka um this one was called the shadow warrior um i kind of like it how do you guys i, I kind of like it what do you guys think about not releasing the name of the episode until you actually watch the episode
1: I, it was an interesting choice i was like is there going to be a name i didn't know
0: you know i mean just in general yeah. that's happened every week it's kind of it's yeah. kind of interesting so uh, the, this
1: was the first time i got to watch it like right away so cool yeah yeah, yeah it was interesting yeah
2: it, it's always interesting because it's something that started with the mandalorian i mean we don't get the title of the episode before it drops we get no trailer before it like you know, like other shows will show you next week, this is what you're going to expect. None of these shows ever give us anything. And we just, and I accept that it's just, okay, digest what you got before you ask for more kind of a thing.
0: So like I said, we're going to be talking about this recent episode, which was, um, I, um spoiler alert, it was a fantastic episode. Oh my goodness. Um, And uh it, it's, it's kind of funny because again, Well, this morning as I was getting ready, I'm listening to a podcast and they're very positive about the, the episode, Brittany and I were talking about it. And I said, you know, there's, there's things you can nitpick. I said, but even I, who I, I, I get to be a little bit more nitpicky than the two of you. And even I have been like, um, I don't have a problem, you know? Um, now if put a gun to my head, I can nitpick on this episode on a couple things, um I think this was the first episode where the the volume showed itself in a couple places but nothing nothing that made me go like you know like you just saw the guy with you know khaki shorts in the background you know or something like that it was <laughs> it was just like okay I can see here um you know and there was a a couple shots of you know I think it's like when the X-Wing and the Ghost took off that just seemed like i was on star tours uh, but i mean again th- th- that's getting like put a gun to my head those are the things i have to come up with the rest of it it's, it's just it's, it's fantastic writing it's fantastic scoring um so not to be just you know a big shill but i mean it's just it's really good so each episode has gotten better honestly
1: yes yeah. mm-hmm. And I I may have a little opening salvo when we start talking about the episode, but along, along these lines, um, um, people can differ about it, but, um, it's been good so far.
0: Well, I tell you what, before we get diving into that, let's do some trivia because then we have like one little bit of news. I was almost going to say it's a rumor, but I think it's more news given who said it. So that's kind of interesting. So a little bit of, uh, teaser there um, but a little Star Wars trivia here Fredo to you okay. who stares with red ring yellow eyes out a red and black face who stares what? with red ringed yellow eyes out of a red and black face oh. Okay. Darth Maul that is Darth Maul
2: yeah I had to think about it for a hot minute and then I
0: went oh okay yeah the red and black face Maul
1: Get your colors straight, yeah.
0: All right. All right. Dave, to you, what aliens does C-3PO deride as disgusting creatures?
1: Jawas. It
0: is Jawas. It is Jawas. and Would they really be the aliens in that, you know?
1: Uh, I don't know. There are a few indigenous species there, right? A couple
0: at least all right to me who neglects to inform darth sidious that the jedi ambassadors have escaped who neglects oh. to inform darth sidious that the jedi ambassadors have escaped well that would be newt gunray yes it's because he don't need to know so you <laughs> no. don't need to know no all right well i've we're stretched and warmed up now. Um, let's uh let's dive into some news here because this was this is kind of hot off the presses. This happened today, right?
2: Yep. Came out today in variety, which is interesting because, well, given that the SAG and WGA strikes are still happening, you're not getting the usual cavalcade of news about, you know, shows and projects and whatnot. Right now, right now we'd be getting all the news about skeleton crew and you know, and or finishing production and all the other stuff. But anyway, we got a bit of news about uh, Lando, which uh, Variety broke. Uh, So apparently uh, Stephen Glover, who's Donald Glover's brother and writing partner, was doing the Pablo Torre Fonsau podcast. And during it, he says, quote, it's not even a show. The idea right now is to do a movie. Right now, because of the strike, it's kind of like telephone, all of the information. So that's as much information as he could provide. But according to Stephen Glover, who is allegedly co-writing this now movie with uh, Donald Glover, the Lando Project is no longer a Disney Plus Star Wars show. It's a Star Wars movie.
0: See, so here's where Aaron was the stereotypical Star Wars fan, because my initial reaction was, "Ah, I wanted the Cal- Calrissian Chronicles. Which was never promised to us, which was just, you know, our, you know, wild idea that would just have been wonderful. And so for a hot minute, I was, I was sad, but then I was like, well, that's dumb to be mad about something that was never promised to me. So, you know, so like I said, but it was my, it was my gut reaction. I still think it would be kind of fun to see that as a Disney Plus series, but this makes sense because Iger has said, we, we're not doing so much Disney+. Plus.
2: Yeah, just, just from the standpoint of what he's interested in, he wants the Star Wars brand to be a big deal whenever something comes out that it's going to make them a lot of money. Because, I mean, let's face it, they paid a lot of money for it. They know that they can get the returns. And it kind of makes sense that they would think, well, wait a minute, we bought this to make movies. We didn't buy this to make TV shows. And... To you know, this is an opportunity to put a project headlined by let's face it, an African American, a black star front and center. You know, that you can go anywhere you want to with the character, and uh, it allows them to hit a whole bunch of stuff that they want to hit, so kind of makes sense,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I um, I think it's just we're going to get what we're going to get, right? And it's like Obi-Wan would be a movie. No, it's a TV show. No, it's a movie. You know, it's the same thing with this. It's whatever form it takes, I'm I'm going to consume it and probably enjoy it a great deal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to the gag either of including the Carlysian Chronicles, uh, you know, as like a throwaway joke or, you know, so just here's... something because it's just it, it it was such a like it, it's such a distillation of his character
0: it 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 really just nails him perfectly. So here's here's the thing. Um, so just being a little bit of you know a pot stirrer here for a second. Um, is Lando really that big of a character to carry a movie? On his own shoulders. And because. Lando was. We met him halfway through. Empire Strikes Back. And he screwed over all of our friends. And then he was. In. Minutes. Of. uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes he. Blew up the second Death Star. But you know that's, that's my thing. Is that. It's kind of again. It was like I could I could see if it was a you know like if it was a TV thing where it's like you rely on you know there's a different adventure every week and you know it wasn't like one long drawn out story. It was just like a Lando adventure here, a Lando adventure there, Orlando another Lando adventure here with supporting people. Um, is he big enough to carry? A movie on his own.
1: I I would I would argue that he's important. Um for roughly two decades there, he was the only, really only representation in Star Wars um that anybody of color had. Um I you know, that but I'm
0: just talking about the character in the story.
1: I no, I don't I don't want to undersell that aspect. Um Look at Black Panther, Uh, just like the biggest uh, superhero movie ever until Endgame came along. And then but like based on whatever metric you want to use, like domestically, uh, I think Black Panther was bigger. Um, So. It's important um, to have a black fronted Star Wars movie and people will support that now. The character himself, I'd say it's all about timing. The reason Solo didn't work is because they messed the timing up.
0: But, but, you know, to, but to your point, then, I would argue that Finn would make much more sense to have a movie. If we're going to talk about if one of the primary goals is to have the representation Finn is a much more fleshed-out character, and you know, one of the solid heroes from the sequel trilogy. That you could definitely put a movie on him. That's what I'm just saying. Is the character Lando enough?
1: You're underselling the actor factor in that. Yeah, afraid I wanted.
2: To... Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I I, I agree entirely with Dave, but I also think part of the interesting aspect is. You don't know what the story's going to be. I mean, you figure it's going to have to be some type of underworld story, some type of uh, backstabbers, and cross uh, double and you know, double crossing, and you know, a, a less, um a more a, a Star Wars story told more towards the side of Andor as opposed to the towards the side of Ahsoka, because that's the character that Lando is. He's a character who's kind of not in the light, not in the dark. He's not quite. guy, But he's also not quite the bad guy, particularly at the point where Donald Glover's playing him. Uh, So I think it creates an interesting opportunity because you're telling a different kind of Star Wars story. You're not having to tell, you know, there's not going to be a Jedi popping in the last man to
0: save the day. I like it how yeah, you told me that, that we don't know what the story is going to be. Then you tell me what the story is going to be. So just, <laughs> oh, sa- no, just what, saying. What? Um, you guys no, are kind of dodging saying. my question about the character of Lando. I get your point. Lando can carry a movie. Lando can carry a movie. Yeah, why carry a movie. Why? Movie. Why? Simple. Simple. why? Why not Wedge? Why not? I mean, look, look, again, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not, why not if we're going to take you... Dave's premise of, you know, the representation, then why not Finn? I'm just saying, I, I, I mean, with, I mean, it's not like I Donald Glover the, is, you know, I mean, yes, Donald Glover, I love it. I'm just, I'm being, I'm being a pot stirrer here though, but I'm trying to pin yeah. you down on the question. The Lando wheels is are not, already in motion. That is the answer. They have, they have Glover, a major star. That's not what I asked. <laughs> on, they have Glover,
1: a major star on the line. And but, he's it's also, it.
2: but it's also, I think if you're going to tell a story about Finn, you have to start to do that legwork, so to speak. But it's also, I bump into the movie that Daisy Ridley is gonna be doing coming back. We don't know. The advantage that you do by having a Lando story, one, it's an established character that people like, people know, easy to sell. And number two, it's an opportunity to tell a different kind of story where you can bring in Boba Fett, you can bring in Travel the you can bring in all these other characters or you can tell a completely different story that has nothing to do with any of them. So you can't, I mean, there's some saying you can't have a Finn movie, but for right now, they're choosing to go, we've had this project kind of in the ether, let's wrap it up rather than a TV show, boom, let's make a movie. But let's also face it, Donald Glover may not commit to another TV show after doing How Many, for Many Seasons of Atlanta, but you can get them for a movie.
1: And they're just, they're right now, they're just writing this thing. Like that doesn't mean anything in Star Wars right now. You know, like this movie may not get made. It may happen ten years from now. I mean, we don't know. Um to your question, Lando's a great character. Love Lando. Yeah, he deserves a movie. So does everybody.
0: I mean, I, I I love I love Lando from the solo movie. Lando from Absolutely. the from the original trilogy is just kind of a, a side character. I mean, honestly, it's, it was, he, he didn't have a lot going on. Um, so, I mean, that's, like I said, I'm just stirring the pot there a little bit that I, you know, I don't, that would be, I don't know if um, my gut, yeah, I'm like you, Dave, it, it will be a star Wars thing that I will go out and I will enjoy. But if you're trying to get, if you want, you know the general populace to go out and see a new star wars movie lando the battle of tanab is probably i mean that's rolling the dice a little bit you know what i mean it's it's i'm just i'm just saying i don't know it was just it was just something that popped in my head so i, uh, I think you timing playing. Is stir, pot, uh, really important
1: pot. because the the timing of it is going to like determine all of this right like if you if you had released Black Panther on the heels of Iron Man two uh yeah would it have done well would it have done as well but they built it up over time and then they gave it its own window where they didn't like rush it out on the heels of some other uh Avengers movie and they it had an opportunity to succeed and then solo was the exact opposite of that so I think like you know, apples and oranges, but these are the kinds of decisions that I think would allow it to be a success. You give it, you give it those other three movies that we've been talking about. You give it the, you know, those, those movies build up the anticipation and the excitement. If you don't release it four months after the fact, you give it an actual window for it to breathe a little bit. I think, yeah, I think it would have a very good chance
2: at succeeding. bigger point, which is the point I keep stressing over and over. Disney, Lucasfilms, at some point has to get off the pod and deliver something. Whether it's the Landon movie, the Taika Waititi movie, the Sean Levan movie, you take your pick, whatever project it is. At some point, they get, to get us up announcing stuff and delivering stuff. And It can't just be another Disney plot project. They actually have to do the work to get back in theaters and i know right now it's kind of difficult but yeah announce all you like but until it's a movie you can actually pay hard-earned american dollars to walk into a theater to go see this is all nebulous we, we might all be whistling dixie
0: i will tell you that if people are watching the ahsoka series that the filoni movie um will be one that um i'll definitely fork over money to go see um because this this latest episode, um, probably some of the, uh, and I'm going to tee up Dave here, um, probably some of the best Star Wars that I've seen in a while, um, and it it was thoughtful, it was poignant, it was, um, it, yeah, it was it was just very very good, and if it's a signal of what's to come, um, with that. Whatever his movie is going to be, which sounds like going to be the culmination of all these Disney Plus shows, um, then I think we're in for a treat. So,
1: yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I'm yeah. teed up properly teed here, up. Um, the thing that I I see from some people that it is like the um, like pushback on the idea that this is great Star Wars, and I think like that's. Okay, I think that's worth addressing at the outset here, right, which is that the three of us on this show tonight are going to gush over this and we're going to just love on it. And it's okay for it to not have worked for everyone. And I think like this is the thing that where people get like all snippy with each other online about these things. It's like not all Star Wars is for everyone. It's like I watch... I'll see a trailer for like the kid cartoon on Disney plus the shorts or, you know, and I'll just like there, there was something the other day I think it was like Ewoks, uh relaxing tones or something like that i was just like no nope, nope nope checked out immediately because it's just he like walks a la-
0: relaxing t- is that like on the calm <laughs> app or something
1: no it was it was um birds chirping like AS- and then eventually it was like you're... asmr stuff mm-hmm. I, I don't know it was like i don't even know what it was mom. all about i didn't want to click on it because i'm like that's not for me but um but actually now that i mentioned it you know maybe i am a little curious but um it's, I can go and I can look at something at the outset and decide for myself. Eh, I don't like that, or I can watch it a couple, uh, an episode or two, give it a try. Decide, eh? It's not for me. But what I wanted to say about this show, is it's an absolute gift for people who have been watching Clone Wars and Rebels. Like a hundred percent. Like if you've watched those shows. And you've cared about those characters. This show, with the amount of care that they've put into it, from the writing to the casting to the acting to the effects to the music to the set design to the costuming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, everything is top-notch. It's A-level. Now, again, like you can quibble over little things like, like Darren was talking about earlier. Like there, you might, you know, there's this moment that looks like it might be the volume or I'm not a big fan of Hera's portrayal, etc. cetera. Um, there could have been so much more of that kind of discussion surrounding this show, because we talked about this a lot leading up into this show that the nerds Uh, expectation level for this show based on what they'd previously seen if they didn't get it right we were going to flame the hell out of it and they've gotten it right I mean at least like again reasonable minds can differ you may not like it but to the point that there's a quality there's an underlying quality care attention to detail and I'd, I'd even say love or affection for the material, for the source material. And it's obvious. And so like when we are going on and on and on about how great this show is, that's where we're coming from because we watch those series and this is personal <laughs> to us. And it's just that much more important that they get it right. And for people who have been watching for the last... You know 15 years they're getting it right and so i wanted to say that at the outset Mm -hmm. before we got into like some of the details and analysis
2: just to piggyback of what david just said because it's a good point and it's a fair point that needs to be stated it's interesting to me seeing all the reactions every time a new property comes out how people are quick to recognize star wars is back this is the real star wars happened after the mandalorian Okay, it didn't happen after Book of Boba Fett, but definitely happened after Andor. Everybody's like, this is the real Star Wars. We finally got the Star Wars back that, you know, that we got in the 70s. And it, they're saying the same thing again right now with the silk. And its I find that interesting. It's like, okay, why do you feel the urge to announce that Star Wars, quote unquote, is back? Like, no, it's just- Probably you're not
0: it. the same people who are saying that. It depends on your vintage-
2: True, true. But the point is also that you get the people who are like, oh, this wasn't really my Star Wars or, you know, the sequel trilogy wasn't my Star Wars or whatever. And it's like, people want to latch on to something. And I'm just like, they're just doing good there TV you. or good storytelling. And that's what you're going to, you know, if you give it time, it'll be, it'll show itself out whether it's good or not. And ultimately, whether you like it or not, that's subjective. Whether you think this is your Star Wars or not, subjective. But I find I find it somewhat laughable people are so quick to rush to either denounce it or defend it. Like, give it time. Let it breathe. It's a story. We got to sit with the original trilogy for, what, 20-some-odd years? Before we, a moment of the prequels ever came up? Yeah. So we have, we have to be comfortable in letting stories breathe. And a lot of times we want to rush to declare it out of the greatest of the layman's. And it's like,
0: wow. stop enjoy i've I've said it before i mean we're nobody nobody really comes into star wars in their mid-30s you know it's like we're all introduced to star wars you know like when we're five six seven when we're you know kids and so when we get into our mid-30s and we have our mortgages and health insurance and life hitting us over the head and a new star Wars comes out, it's an, it's a chance to escape. And if it doesn't make you feel like you are five, six, seven, whatever, again, then you have that visceral reaction, um, for right or for wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the other part of this though, is that the amount of prequel hate that there was, and I will admit this, I mean, the prequels are never my favorites. Um, But and I've said that before, you know, I said I liked episode one and episode two and episode three need to go to college and get a job. You know, Um, they're not they're not my favorites. I I, I love them, but they're not my favorites. But um, the Clone Wars made me appreciate the prequels more. Um, Rebels made me appreciate the prequels more. And this series is making me appreciate it. All of that stuff even more. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, uh, I mean, I I'm, I'm with you and it's like, and the thing is, is that the the reason why it's getting the attention that it is, is, is Dave Filoni is at the helm. First of all, I'm going to say Dave Filoni is like, um, chairman of the board. Um, I would prefer him to do all the star Wars for the foreseeable future, or at least have the head chair, you know, he is, he if you by the way okay so aaron's rant um what was it last week where it was like the the documentary for you know master and apprentice was coming out of disney plus i was like yay it's eight minutes long (laughs) you know it was like eight minutes for this documentary but i mean in the eight minutes they said some good stuff that it was like um there's a couple things first of all dave is george is the master dave is his apprentice and now Dave is becoming the master. I mean, it's it's obvious. And so, like I said, I would if he's involved, I will breathe easy. Um, that being said, here's just a little just a little thing for us to discuss. And and I think this is a fair thing. Um, when he said he had his opportunity to do the uh, episode in season two of Mandalorian, he said, I want to do Ahsoka because I want to see if these things that I've been drawing, I can do this in live action. I understand that. I also understand doing an Ahsoka series um, because you've got to finish telling your story. What's going to be very telling is after he does this movie that combines all these things, can he give us new star Wars again? Mm -hmm. That's going to be the telling thing for his legacy. Cause right now, yes, he is, he is, um, embracing, supporting and championing, um, the prequels and the clone wars and rebels, hundred um, percent. But will he be able to write that second album?
1: That's a, that's a really valid question. Um, and I mean, like, I think and that's his, touched... that's his
0: professional challenge. I mean, we all have huh. that, you know, so yeah. sorry to step on you. I mean, that's it. That's, I think that's a, that's just, everybody goes through that. As like I said, the album, it's like you write your first album it's like, can we follow it up? Go ahead,
1: Dave. I think you touched on an important component of that question, though, uh, a minute ago when you you were talking about the prequels and your reaction to them and whether that was your personal vintage of Star Wars or not. And for a lot of people, it's not. uh, Didn't like it when it came out. Don't like it now. We'll never like it. Um, And Filoni is rooted in that. That is... That is where he cut his teeth. That is where he is embedded. And he's going to have to get out of it at some point, probably, um, for for Star Wars to really thrive because there's, there's always going to be a segment of the fan base that just will not it's kinda like engage.
0: Robert, it's kind of like Robert Plant collaborating with Alison Krauss. You know, I mean, to go from Led Zeppelin to Bluegrass, you're going to, I mean, that challenges you as a musician. You know, so yeah you're, you're right you know it's 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 an interest. yeah it's an
2: interesting interesting question because sometimes that's the hardest part for any creator where it's doing the next thing it's um you know because it's not like he's moving away from star wars entirely but it's come up with the next story you know come up with the next set part in the in the saga and the next piece of the universe something completely different whether it's thousands of years in the future thousands of years in the past whatever but the idea being Stop, you know, moving on from characters that not only do you know inside and out, but that you love. You know, that's sometimes the hardest part. It's part of the reason I think why our George R. R. Martin keeps struggling to finish his A Song of Ice and Fire saga. It's because he's in love with these characters, and the idea of finally letting them go is so difficult for him as a as a writer and a creator. And I think Dave Filoni at some point is going to have to reach that point where he goes. I'm not going to tell any more Ahsoka stories. There may be other Ahsoka stories. that won't be mine.
0: Well, and I would say, as my parting shot, he needs to step out of the prequel era. You
2: mm-hmm. know?
0: Um, so, but like I said, that being said, I think he can do it. Because if there's a walking encyclopedia of Star Wars, it's him. You know? But again, his passion is, you know... And, and again, we're all... Yeah, it's like the uh, in the Pearl Jam documentary, you know, Stone Gossard was talking about how Eddie Vedder's like writing um, set lists, and you know, he's watching the crowd just kind of starting to yawn a little bit, and he's like, "Just play a hit, you know, let's just play a hit." You know, it's like as it's it's easy to go to the things you know work for you. It's like I'm gonna play <laughs> this, and it's going to be awesome, and it's gonna be solid, but you know it's when you step out and take that chance and that you might fall on your face is when you grow. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Like I said, that being said, if he's involved, I'm good. So, but with that, let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about this episode. And by the way, folks, we're going to skip over some stuff because most of the stuff with the new Republic, um, it, they just kind of created the ticking clock to kind of, adds a little bit of suspense to the episode and really not much. Um, we saw none of the bad guys. Um, this was, um, but so the things we're going to talk about are really some of the, the heavy hitting things. However, there is, there is a moment that I love and we'll talk about later where Carson Teva, the X-Wing pilot, um, he was speaking for probably about 60% of the audience. I would say (laughs) at one point, um, Briefly saying, though, like
1: none of the villains were here. I felt the villains have been the strongest part of this series so far. And this series was a this episode was able to succeed despite not having them. Uh, And I think that's a credit to what we saw. This was this was really good stuff.
0: So uh, in in my notes, I put, hi, kids, I'm Hayden Christensen. Um, because you know last week we speculated like are we in the world between worlds is that anakin is it you know people are speculating whether or not it may might be the the sun from the mortis Ark and everything like that um are we all in agreement that's the spirit of anakin skywalker
1: yeah and i do want to shout out my wife for for making a really good point on this which was that he um we we all kind of had our own theories about this and she said like he called her snips.
0: <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> it's like I mean, it, like that's a personal term of endearment, like that that only really they would know. But you and, know, it's
0: the it's I and I and I agree with that. And there yeah, was, but I think there was something even more telling in that. I mean, because that is something that if it was just a figment of her imagination, that him calling her snips would have made sense, because he always called her snips. The thing that made me sit up and go, Oh, okay. Dave just told us was when she said, I will not fight you. And he said, I've heard that before. That Mm -hmm. was Anakin speaking of Anakin about something that Ahsoka knew nothing about. That was, that was the, Mm -hmm. you know, because Luke said, I will not fight you. You know, when he said, I've heard that before. Um, and then later yeah, that, on that,
1: that clues you in that this is real, or at least yeah. like Anakin is manifesting himself and towards it's, her.
0: And it's not a scroll that, you know, that only mm-hmm. has recent memory type thing, you know, it's, it was, so that was them without hitting us over the head with it, you know? And I thought that was, that was just a great line in there. Um, but, um, so it, it's, yeah. it seems to be that Ahsoka is having a near death experience and the ghost of Anakin Skywalker, the spirit of Anakin Skywalker is there as her spirit guide at this point. And he offers her, he says, I'm here to complete your training. And basically said, you have a choice. You can either live or you can die. And um, yeah, so Fredo, you were going to say something?
2: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, it's, yeah, it's an interesting moment because at that point where uh, where he presents himself, you're thinking, okay, war well, with worlds, what's going on? But yeah, he makes it very clear that he's there almost, as a, not only as a guide, but also as a challenger, meaning, you know, he's he's there to test Ahsoka in a way which he hasn't been tested probably since her days as a Padawan. Yeah. You know, in a, in a way that's completely different than any other test, any other challenge she's faced, even the idea of fate when she faced him uh, on Malchor as uh, as Vader, you know, in real life in Rebel at the end of Rebel Season 2. This is a completely different challenge. He, he is looking to see whether or not she is interested in continuing to live and fight, or if she's ready to lay down her sword in a way in which it means death. So, he's, you know, he, he's coming up front and telling her What's interesting is, is that she can't pick
0: up on that Adelfa. Of you know, and so what I what I dig about this is and it, it, I mean all of it makes sense. You know, now that you know he says in the last episode I didn't expect to see you so soon. That says I didn't expect you to die this soon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these things just kind of uh, it all, it all makes sense and it you know and if the world between worlds is you know the force, if you will, it's, you know, the, the play is, so uh, it makes sense that, you know, a force spirit would show up. So they start into a killer lightsaber duel. I mean, this is just some good stuff. Oh my goodness. We thought last week's was good with Bael, This was good stuff. Um, and then he, uh, she, she seems to get the kind of the upper hand and then he, um, Basically kicks her into, we, we go into, what, a, a Christmas carol. I mean, he's like the ghost of Christmas past. And um, this is when things got interesting because we start getting some flashbacks. And um, how would you guys feel when we get into the Dusty world? I think we're on Ryloth. And mm-hmm. uh, all these mm-hmm. clone troopers come running through uh, in the first yeah, it's And we've got it's young Because it's phase one troopers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And Anakin's and, uh, wearing his Anakin's uh, armor. wearing
1: that armor. Yeah. yeah, that from the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> um, that always looks sort of silly, um, <laughs> but actually, it, it's very faithful and it works for him in this in in these scenes. Uh, um, but yeah, you you get taken back to when they first met, basically, and then um, her reluctance it plays out over the course of this scene. It's like, well, you know, I, I, if I'm leading these men, they may die. And I may not want to do that. Um I don't feel good about feeling responsible for these people dying. And like his, his mantra again, like I may be wrong. I may be misremembering it. Forgive me. Cause I only watched it the one time so far, but um like, you will fight or you will die. He's not saying you will live or you will die. He's saying you will fight or you will die and he's presenting it in in very black and white
0: dark side
1: terms.
0: Well, and if uh, so if we can put all this like cuz there's another clone wars fight. Flash- well, then it then it they push into the siege of uh, of Mandalore. Mandalore. And the, but the whole and, and so like what are these flashbacks te- teaching Ahsoka? And one of the things that that caught me was when Anakin said, you know, cause Ahsoka said, is this what I'm going to have to teach my Padawan is how to, you know, how to fight. And he, he said, do you even want to teach, you know, do you even want a Padawan? And that was all of this to me is like, listen to Ahsoka crap or get off the pot. You know, you either need to commit to being a teacher and to commit to being a jedi or just throw your sword aside and join me in the force you know quit you know quit feeling sorry for yourself you know and you know it's so all these you know he said he he had to train her unlike any other jedi before her He had to train her to be a warrior not a Mm -hmm. keeper of the peace It's, you know, it's one thing to be trained as, you know, I'm just going to, you know, guard this, you know, random piece of grass. And then, but, or you have to, you know, take a post on a, you know, on the front lines. Um, So she had to be trained of different than anybody else. But like I said, this whole thing I think was, was teaching her like, you need to commit to Sabine. need to quit worrying about, you know, all the other stuff because bad stuff's going to happen. And, you know, just do it or don't do or do not. There is no try.
2: And I think this is one of the interesting aspects of what not having completed her training did because You know, this force Anakin is, you know, force goes Anakin is correct. He was trained in the decade between uh, or before the Clone War, so you got the old-fashioned Jedi training from Obi Wan Kenobi, where we we go around, we solve some problems, and then you know we picked we up. We're okay. We're we're just managing to keep everything kind of hunky dory. Whereas Ahsoka, from the very first moment he met her, he meets her in a battlefield. He meets her at the outset of the Battle of Ryloth, and that's all they know. They they go on their missions. They go on the battlefields. They're leading clones. They are. And they are leaders or warriors in a war. And there is some conflict in Ahsoka about that aspect because everything the Jedi teach, peace, nonviolence, defense, not attack. Did she honestly learn any of that? No. She learned you better pick up your sword, tell your men to come on and take that hill or take that field or find a way to cross that bridge. Because we need it. Because we need to win this battle. Because there's another battle up ahead that we got to fight. And it's an interesting juxtaposition because she has not been taught how to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, in in, a, in much the same way I'm sure you have to be. You have to learn how to be a teacher. It's one thing to be an expert on your field. It's another thing to learn how to pass that knowledge on down. Anakin really didn't get that, or he got some of that from Obi Wan. She got none. No, she has none of that training because. All that got cut short by her decision to walk away from the Jedi Order, When she did.
1: But also uh, she was brought along in this this wartime environment. Mm-hmm. And Sabine is not in that environment. And she has no clue how to train somebody that because her training was was so drastically different from anything that she would try to pass along. Um, and so. I think some of the hesitancy comes from that. Um, but I also think like they go into some of the more um, psychological aspects of this too, which is just like her master turned to the dark side and he did so when she wasn't around. And I think there's just this burden and this guilt associated with that. And uh, if this episode is unsuccessful in any way, it's that they don't really convey why the two of them weren't together in that, in, in uh, the siege of Mandalore. Um, he was murdering (laughs) young. He was murdering, he was murdering kids at the the exact moment when she's like on in that scene. And she's like, I, I don't remember this. I wasn't here. Was I? And it's like, yeah no you were off
0: killing people that was that was the other tip of you know that this was actually anakin um yeah you know and and to that point that that was the other thing with these clone wars flashbacks that was teaching ahsoka um is that we we all have this we all put ourselves into this ideal of this is the person that i want to be this is you know i i want you know name the values that you want to represent and then it worries us and it we're ashamed of when we fall short of that ideal Mm -hmm. and what these flashbacks to me was like you know yes you are more than that but basically it was like embrace all of yourself and give yourself grace that you are you know accept all the parts of of you there are parts yeah i want to be i i I want to be the kind of person that people say he's a nice guy but you know what there's times where i flip people off when they cut me off in traffic you know or there's you know times where i'm like well that guy's a jerk you know it's like i fall short of that but that's that's that is part of me and i have to accept that and i have to deal with it and learn you know how to control it? It's kind of like you know when Yoda went to Dagobah for the first time in season six of the Clone Wars. You know he had to deal with his hubris. That was part of the training. You know that he had to deal with the evil side of him and learn how to control it. And that was what because you know, I love the line that Anakin said. He goes, "Yeah, you're more than that because I'm more than that." You know he was he was giving him. He's like they didn't shy they didn't make Anakin out to be saint peter you know what i mean like you know totally redeemed everything is good they embrace the fact that he was both had evil and good in him
1: you have to you absolutely have to and uh i luke everyone's hero uh failed and the last jedi and he tore himself to pieces over and and like that was the storyline that we got, and a lot of people hated that we got that storyline. But this is this exact same thing here.
0: Which is, I'm and so glad that Lucasfilm didn't then like get gun shy and try to make Anakin into Santa Claus. So right. keep on going. Yeah, this
1: is the same thing here, and and especially as it pertains to Ahsoka, he's imparting on her like, do not tear yourself to pieces over this. Any mistakes that you have made are part of you. You can accept that and you can learn from them and, and you can learn from the mistakes that I've made as well. And it's such a more healthy, evolved position to take than the, the position that Luke eventually takes. And it, it, what it tells me is that like Felony's paying attention. And again, like he doesn't come at this thinking I've got it all figured out. I've got star Wars figured out to a T. Ha ha ha. Look at me. I'm so smart. No, like, Ryan Johnson comes in with, in what my estimation is, borderline brilliant Star Wars story. And Filoni thought, wow, I can learn from this. And I think, like, art imitates life in this way, where Ahsoka is in the position of learning. Learning how to be a teacher learning how to embrace a different role and actually embrace life and 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 not just be afraid of making mistakes or afraid of engaging with people but no you gotta you gotta get back out there
0: yeah and and again the, to the teaching part of things you know fredo you were mentioning it a little bit um you have to be as a teacher you have to be comfortable in your own skin you have to recognize your strengths. You have to, but, but the thing is you also, and I said it before, you have to commit. Bad teachers are teachers who are there to collect a paycheck and be done when the bell rings. You know, good teachers are the ones who they worry about their kids, but they still get to class the next day. And, you know, do do the things to um and, and ahsoka was showing a little bit of this early in an earlier episode which said i just need sabine to be herself you know so there was cracks in the wall but it but she had to fully commit to do you know again do you want to teach or do you want to sell insurance because if you want to sell insurance go you know that's fine but don't don't half mcclunky this Um, so what was really cool, so, you know, she, I love the fact that we have younger Ahsoka saying, yeah, Anakin, you become more powerful, more powerful and dangerous than anybody ever thought about. And that's when we get, he goes all Vader on her and we get kicked back into it's Rosario fighting with, there's a little bit of young Ahsoka and Anakin fighting. Um, I guess we could say it was Vader at this point, because like I said, he was all dark side at this point. Um, and I love the moment when, uh, when Rosario Ahsoka turns the tables on him and has his red lightsaber up to his throat and leans in with a grimace and then backs off and turns the lightsaber off and throws it off the ledge. It was like, yeah, I mean, she, she showed that. Yes, I have the Sith within myself, but I'm making a choice to not use it. Anakin made a choice to use it, you know, in Revenge of the Sith. Um, she recognizes it's there and can control it and chucks the lightsaber off. And then they did a beautiful job with the effects of shifting back to from evil Vader to good-looking Hayden, so good, yeah, and, so good.
2: Yeah, and and I think that was one of the more interesting aspects of that whole turning the tables is because you know when when he's talking to her about how he's more than she thinks he is because he was more. All I kept thinking of was the line Yoda gives Luke at the end of the last Jedi about the the burden of all masters that your student will at some point outgrow you. But what was interesting is in that she's it's almost like she had been carrying that burden of being Darth Vader's Padawan one, much the same way as Luke and Leia carry the burden of being his children, not realizing that, yeah, you do have that in you, but that's not all he was. You know, if all you define him as this one thing, yeah, you're right, he's fully evil. He was an evil person. But there was also all this good in him as well that Luke ultimately found. And I think that's the moment where Ahsoka reconnects with the good of Anakin Skywalker, her master, because she's able to look at him square in the eye saying, yeah, I got the same darkness in me that you had in you because you trained me, but I'm not also, I also got all the good that you put in me, you know, that, that you trained me to believe in and that's what I'm holding on to. So I think it was really well done at that moment because that's the moment that Darth Vader goes away
0: yeah. and Anakin comes back. You know, we we have a hard time um, r- r- accepting, and I, I, maybe accepting is a bad word, or recognizing the duality within people. And I, I, the one thing that came to my mind as you were talking, Fredo, was um, the actor who originally portrayed um, Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton. When a documentary of this, he was like. You know, it's like you have this guy who, you know, writes the Declaration of Independence and writes all these great things, but he also owns slaves, you know. So, yeah, he did these great things over here, but he still sucked. You know, the two things can exist in the same world, you know, but we have a hard time. It's like, no, he's either on a pedestal or, you know, in the crapper and now darth vader slaughtered kids (laughs) it's like it's it's you know so the the scales are kind of balanced are, are kind of out of balance no matter you know no matter how much good he does you know he that's that's still but i mean the there's still the good part that is of anakin skywalker you know and the badness of Darth Vader, those two things can exist in the same universe. And we have a hard time reconciling those things. And that's what Ahsoka, I think that was the final lesson to her was that you can have both the, yes, you're a warrior. You know, you were raised as a warrior, but you're also these other things and don't forget that. And, you know, the the warrior does not necessarily make you bad. Yeah.
1: Star Wars has its roots in um, mythology and uh, Joseph Campbell and these sorts of archetypes, these ideas of uh, broad ideas of good and evil. And, and, and and what I've always loved um, perhaps most about Star Wars is that it examines those sorts of ideas up close and personal through its characters. And we're not, it's not just a, an archetype. It's like flesh and blood. It's a person that you can relate to. It's, it's Luke. It's like, you know, the guy who craves excitement and, and the guy who stands up to his father and makes the right choice at the end of Return of the Jedi. He does the right thing. And I feel like, what we're getting in this episode is some of the best star Wars we've ever gotten is, and it's, it's a lot of it comes down to this, these questions of morality and these questions of duality. And and it's like, nobody's a hundred percent perfect. Nobody's a hundred percent good. But it's, it's the choices that we make that define us in, and no one's going to get, every choice that they make a hundred percent correct, but there are going to be times that we get it wrong, but there are, it's the, it's the summation at the end. Like it's like, all right, we're going to, are you going to become a force ghost? or Are you going to not become a force ghost at the end of your life? You know, like that's the actual, you know, flesh and blood example of what the lessons are supposed to be here. It's the same as most any major religion you can think of. Um, A lot of laws typically trend in this direction, but it's this idea of right, wrong, do more right than you do wrong, you know, and uh, do your best to be a good person. And so these stories resonate on that level. And again, like it's from an early age, it's not something that's complicated when you're seven years old, you can grasp that. It's like, yes, I, I sometimes, sometimes I curse under my breath at my parents or sometimes I throw a spitball at the teacher when they're not looking, you know, but more often than not, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I taking care of my business and am I taking care of the people around me? And these are these important sorts of lessons that you can take Do you sit
0: from at the Star red at 5 a.m. when nobody's around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of seven-year-olds, let's talk about Jason a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Because at first, it, it, well, so at, at, first of all, I mean, to the rest of us, we all know he's uh Canan son and Hera's son. Um, so the fact that he is force sensitive is like okay, that's like you know, you know, there's just that's the natural ability that's passed down that Sabine doesn't have. Um, so he is you know, it's interesting because he's like, mom, you know there's something going on out here. And she's like, Oh, Jason just, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, mom, come here and listen. There's something weird about the water. And so there's this whole thing going back and forth. And he finally gets, and Hera finally was, I think realizes, Oh crap. Her dad was, his dad was a Jedi. So maybe I should like, you know, listen to him for a second. Um, this scene in here is pivotal for the entire episode. Because and for what's to come we're going to talk about Purgle here in a little bit but this is when it's like the good guys stop focusing on their tech and start trusting in the living force whether they're force users or not because it's Jason saying listen to the water and he was literally hearing the battle between Ahsoka and Anakin but again it's it wasn't that he saw a vision. It wasn't that he, you know, they weren't using a map. They weren't using the scanner that Hera had. It wasn't the X-wings flying around. It was listening to the water, and that was that was a very telling thing. And by the way, and before I hang up on this point and have you guys talk about it, I love the fact that again, Carson Teva is like, "What just happened here?" And that's when Huyang said, "Oh." Jason's dad was a Jedi you know Kane and Jairus and you know so he just used the force basically and Carson was like okay I mean it was the explanation that everybody needed and it was it was fine it was like okay got it we can move on now but anyway what what do you guys think about this this whole Hera um Jason moment
2: yeah yeah no I, I found it to be interesting and sometimes you know it's funny we you know, I was just thinking of parents and kids, and a lot of times it's the kids who're paying. You know, kids by their nature tend to be way more receptive to things, way to be more observant of things. They have fewer preconceived notions, so therefore they're more accepting of what, whatever they're, they're seeing as as a matter of fact. So the fact that it was Jason who was just sitting there by the beach, you know, attuned to the living force and listening to all this makes sense, and uh, I mean, of course, it helps that, yes, he is the son of Cain, and yes, he's got, he's probably have a strong link to the forms. It uh only further reinforces all that. Uh Because not even Chopper was picking any of that up, you know, in his censors. So it's, it's only when Hera's able to stop talking, stop moving, stop, stop trying to figure out, stop trying to be Hera, and just be in the moment, like Jason is, that she's able to connect to what he, she's hearing and then she goes oh this is what's happening so and the music, must, was, killer. Must over the water. music
0: mm-hmm. was killer at this point by the way
2: yeah yeah no, absolutely and so I, I enjoyed it for that little moment because obviously in in this situation it's not going to be the tech it's not going to be uh all the ships and all the sensors and all the stuff which i think it's an element of the story that we've gotten so far and it's only going to get even bigger as we head towards the climax or the conclusion of the story about how the connection to the force matters. It's not just what you can do with all your toys. It's about connecting with the world around you.
1: I, I love that point. And I think that it's gonna become important uh, again as we progress here, when we start talking about Parable. but like also um, it's emotional to see him in live action and to see him manifest the force in, in this manner um there is a moment where i think the force theme plays or at least one of the the major themes from the original star wars plays yes yeah and it's just oh you know like oh oh man that's that's there he is right there and like one of you one of you guys one of you jerks was on about how like is he in luke's uh uh jedi temple when they (laughs) burn the thing down but um so that's all I can think of now, whenever I see him on screen. Well, I, um,
0: I, I think about it with everybody who becomes, hey, I'm a Jedi now. It's like, oh man, what, 30 years from now, what's going on? Because, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like that, to that point though, like
1: him um, and then Ahsoka and Anakin, we've not seen their relationship on screen, in live action before this episode. That's a really big deal for a lot of people and I thought that it was perfect I mean it was on like on point exactly what you would expect it to be
0: the other the other big point about it too is that of this scene was that Hera could hear it as well and so it was Mm -hmm. a reminder to all of us that you know Sabine can do this if she gives herself over to you know, and and opens herself up because that's when Hera finally is like, all right, what am I listening for? And she just Carson butt out for a second. I'm going to listen to my son. I'm going to do what he tells me. And then she could hear that. So it was a reminder to all So I thought it was a very powerful, like I said, a a good reminder that yes, you know, the force is within all of us. And, you know, so, all right. Um, I thought it was really funny. I put in here our notes, weighed in the water. Um, the idea of baptism and confirmation just is hit over the head to the point where Ahsoka is dunked in water and comes out, and she's, you know, a bright light is shining on her, and then she's wearing white. You know, you don't need to be, this is like symbolism 101, folks, but, um, and we don't need to talk about like Gandalf the gray and Gandalf the white because it was the same thing, but this was a little bit more hit over the head but really well done. But the thing that I want to point out is that, um, Ahsoka's demeanor is totally different from here on out. Yeah. You just, you, you couldn't see Fredo. But she's, she's just like, it's like she took all the gummies. She's all good. You know, <laughs> serenity now, you know? serenity so, now. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to hit on that. It was like, but it was necessary, right? It was you know to show that it's it's showing that, hey, we got a different person game plan here. So again, getting back to don't trust the tech. They're actually the tech they need is busted. You know, the map is busted in half, But ahsoka realizes what we talked about last week, you know, I think it was off it was after we hit, you know, stop on the recording. but let's go talk to some Purgle. they can they can jump, you know between galaxies. And so we have, she does the same thing that Ezra did. She talks mm-hmm. to the Purgle, you know, through the force. And then we get the Pinocchio moment. And uh, so first of all, again, the visual effects here are incredible. Um, it was so good. Um, and it was really the first time that Ahsoka didn't rely on a lightsaber or a battle, it was, she was using the force for knowledge and defense.
1: That's, it represents growth for her. I mean, like, again, like, she's, um, she walked away from the Jedi Order for a reason, right, which was that she thought they were failing her, she thought they were failing other people, she thought that it was the war organization at that point. It's like, no, I don't want any part of this. She walks away from it now what and and i don't know that she ever did the work <laughs> of the now what part yeah. um you know she wandered the galaxy and got into adventures you know like she you know there's a mandalorian series uh, featuring ahsoka out there somewhere that we haven't seen yet um but it came from kung fu exactly exactly um she never did the work really as far as we know and so like for for these sorts of steps are really critical for her to see them unfold in this way it's like yes you don't have to just like fight as anakin might have taught you There, there are other ways for you to be true to yourself and for you to pass on what you've learned to other people it doesn't revolve around fighting and uh, like you said, uh, Aaron, with the the whole thing with Jason and him teaching his mom, you can you can be in touch with the things around us. Look, and Ahsoka in in this instance is basically learning from Ezra. Like, why was Ezra talking to those whales all the dang time? <laughs> well, he threw Thrawn halfway across the galaxy. Okay, or, or into a different galaxy. Okay. Maybe there's something to that, right? Like, it it doesn't occur to anyone else that they might also be able to do something along those lines or that's only the purview of Ezra. Is he the emperor now? It's like, no, it doesn't make sense for him to be, like, this all-powerful pedestal person. It's like, no, you... There's a path in front of you and you can follow it and you can achieve things that um, don't involve... Swinging a lightsaber around. And so, like, yes, I really appreciate that that's where we landed here.
0: And I love how it ends exactly like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, exactly like Empire. She says, you know, Hera will find him, I promise. Um, and right before Lando and Chewie jump into hyperspace, you know, to go find Han, I mean, That was the same back and forth, you know, and then Luke's was the thing Luke says, may the force be with you. That's what Hera says. And by the way, on a tangent, after this episode, I'm I'm even more convinced that uh, she's hitting Hera out of the park now. This was even more representative of what I know Hera to be. Um, So anyway, I I mean, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. So we've jumped to somewhere with the purgle. So we'll find out maybe next week.
2: I think that's what makes it such an interesting moment after she comes out of the water. And by the way, I thought, okay, so was that the world between worlds, really? Did she actually cross? Does it really matter on a, on a metaphysical level? You know, no, because what matters is the inner inward journey that Ahsoka went through, you know, coming to terms with the totality of who she's been and who she is and who she's trying to be. And I think that's why when she comes out of the water, she's a completely different person, like I said, and she took all the gummies and she's chiller than chill. But it's also but it also allows her the opportunity to just see things for what they are. She finds that half the two halves of the broken map and she cut the deuces mighty quickly through the force yeah. Sabine's in the ship with Baylon's call, with uh uh Morgan, but they went, she went with them. And so naturally then she goes well wait a minute why are they here what why why is, why is this map situated here well it's not because the map structure was here it's because the are here and everybody who mapped in space lanes did so because the pergola were showing them their their route so to speak it's like it's like if you were to follow sea pods of sea whales of whales down an ocean it's like okay these are the best routes to take so Naturally, go talk to the experts who done this and see what they can see if they can offer their hand. And uh, it's a good again, like I said, not non-combative, non-destructive way of resolving the issue. And the pergolar part. And I love, I just love the moment Carson and Tiva is coming to explain this to the Republic uh, captain that they sent to arrest Hera and and uh, Ahsoka. And he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna tell you, but you're not gonna believe me." And sure enough, they don't believe her until the purple jump to hyperspace.
1: I, I've seen some critique of this, too, from people who, mostly people who haven't watched Rebels. Um, oh, space whales? Space whales? Her, her, her. Um, I will just remind that we had a freaking space slug in Empire Strikes Back. Right. You, you talk about the end of Empire Strikes Back. This is like a perfect callback to, so, to Empire Strikes Back so like if you do not like like you the hand puppet and yes. space and I, I yeah it's kind of cheesy right um b- the point is it's been here since 1980 like get used to it
0: but <laughs> you're you know, not to used that, to it by now to that point you know it was funny because it's funny you say that because Brit has not watched any of Rebels um right. she's heard me talk about you know these things and when when the Purgle first came on screen you know in a couple episodes ago um but after that happened, her like right away, she said, I think it's really cool that there's an organic being that can jump hyperspace. That was her. That was her reaction. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. like, yeah. So the people who are I mean, I think maybe when that episode of Rebels came out, I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, it was weird. <laughs> it, was, it was I mean, it was admittedly weird, but it just. But the way they tell them the way they tell the story, it makes sense. Much to Fredo's, you know, point. It's like, how did, you know, how did most of our, you know, highways and interstates get laid out? You follow the waterways, you know, or you know, you follow the migration paths of, you know, names, yeah. Yeah, Buffalo, when right. I,
1: yeah, when I hiked a mountain this summer, it was like not a random path that somebody created 12 days ago. It was a path that's been there for thousands of years. I mean, like, that's literally this what is the it way is. To go, yeah. This you is know. the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I
2: think that way you'll know if, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what other people have figured out because it's probably the smartest way to go about things and yeah so it's not so it's not surprising that in this regard it's not necessarily a human or you know a bipedal intelligence it's the Pergol who figured it out and they're showing everybody else so of course they're going to be the ones to take her and yeah it's an interesting moment that finally ahsoka is able to connect with the Pergol in the way that ezra was able to connect in a much easier way which also goes to show that that connection to the living force exhibits itself in different ways. People don't necessarily all have the same talent base. Some people are connected in a tune in some ways, like Ezra was to animals, and some are connected in other ways like Ahsoka or Anakin or Obi-Wan. It's different for everybody. And so sometimes I mean when you think of somebody like Sabine, maybe her connection to the force is a completely different connection. And it's just a question of finding for her to find out what that connection is for her to be able to connect to the force.
0: The final question is um, do you think that when Hayden Christensen said, said a boat, do you think that was a directorial? It's like, yeah, let's go more Canadian on that. Or do you think they, do you think they should have stepped in and said, Hey, maybe a little less Canadian. On, but anyway, that was just kind of funny to me. It stuck out when he was like, is this what this is all about? And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, dudes from Anakin Skywalker well, from Toronto. Um but, uh... but that little
2: moment was just that that was vintage episode three, anakin
0: yeah
2: even with the uh even with the above, you know it's it was just the, the way he delivered that you totally felt that that's the same anakin we've seen all along and i think that goes to not only the quality of his acting but also to the way that dave filoni uh shot that moment and the way that everything kind of came together It made it feel like it wasn't, like it could have been any moment in in Cold Horse or in episode three.
0: My final point here, um, as we just wrap this up, my final uh, point is I want to say Hayden Christensen knocked it out of the park. He um, did a great job of marrying his portrayal in episode two and three With what matt Lanter did in the clone wars um and it it actually talked about the redemption of anakin skywalker i am not a fan of the anakin skywalker from episodes two and three we've talked i'm just because i think he was poorly written um and poorly directed Um, directed and yeah. it was—he's not bad. He's just drawn that way. Yeah, and and this was the redemption of Anakin Skywalker in like forty minutes. Um, so that, I like, some, but Hayden just—but of course, that's yeah. also. Then I then I stop and think. It's like, man, he was young when he did Episode Two and Episode Three, and here you know, here I'm cutting him down. You know, for you know, there's a lot of things that go into portraying a character. So, but I mean, all that being said, like I said, this is like, I, I just thought he knocked it out of the park.
1: It is not uh, rewriting history to say that you like what he's doing now. Um, as opposed to what we saw in episodes two or three, because like a lot of people want to like bag on him continuously till the end of the time, I think. But like, it's like, if you didn't like what he did, um, To your point, I think a lot of that was writing and direction, Um, but also, like, divorce yourself from that opinion for a moment and give him a chance in this, and and just try to evaluate it based on what we saw because, like, it was really good. To your point, he married what he previously done with uh, humanity; he's no longer a robot, Um, and with the uh, performance that we saw in the animated series um, as well. So, and like conveyed the 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 weight of this and the importance of this relationship that like to my point earlier we've not seen in live action before was able to just carry that off beautifully and Rosario as well the two of them but um, I thought he did great and just this whole this whole episode to me again is just a just a beautiful gift to Rebels fans and and to also Clone Wars fans because it's just chef's kiss. They put so much care into this and I I have great um, expectation for the rest of this series. And I have uh, great faith in Colony to continue to be a part of this universe.
2: Yeah, I think in some ways this episode acts as the genuine Dakota of Ahsoka and Anakin. We saw them, their relationship began on the very first episode of the movie, the Clone Wars movie. And we've seen that story go through its ups and downs through Clone Wars, Rebels, you know, through all these uh, media. And this is the final moment with, you know, both of them can kind of come together one last time and leave on good terms. And you get the sense that Ahsoka, whatever happens going forward, has made her peace with who, anakin skywalker both was to her and to everybody else and kudos again like everybody said kudos to have hidden christmas and i think much the same way uh you know when a chef puts the ingredients together and gives them time to marry he's finally had the time to marry all these various aspects of what the character was and that allowed him to step in at this moment and Feel like he could actually bring in all these various aspects because let's face it episodes 2 and 3 are snapshots they're moments in time of this long story of the life of Anakin Skywalker that we got to see through the six episodes of the saga plus all the ancillary uh, uh, properties so this is an opportunity where we can finally say, get to say goodbye to him in a way which feels appropriate so if, if we never see him again he goes on a high
1: yeah, and I, I appreciate that. Um, and one last brief point. Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Um, if you watched this episode and you didn't know what was going on or you had questions, you get to see Ahsoka and Anakin. Their stories intersect and play out in conjunction at the end, at the end of their relationship. And that stuff probably, I haven't gone back and watched, yeah, but like in the wake of watching this episode now, I think like that stuff's just gonna be even that much more powerful.
0: Yep, and uh, so I mean, I have a feeling that the next episode's going to be all the bad guys. Um, we need to know what's going on with them. Uh, also, came to the realization we got three episodes left. I don't think we're going to get any sort of um, closure on anything with grand admiral Thrawn. And it makes sense if he is going to be as reported, the big baddie in that Filoni movie. I don't know if it's that's confirmed, but that would make sense. Um, but that's not Thrawn is not Thrawn is the is the MacGuffin of this. Um, so but anyway that being I'll said honestly throw
2: thrown into this, this series what luke was in a way to episode seven yeah. is what everybody's mentioning but we're yeah, probably okay. not gonna get much so, same way we're gonna get less like, we got luke at the very last shots we're gonna get thrown in the last episode and that's gonna be so it so
0: that's that's when the net nerds are gonna go mm-hmm. nuts is when we only get like about five minutes of grand admiral thrawn and then credits uh, but anyway with that let us know what you're thinking of Ahsoka um, if you're liking it as much as we are and uh, but otherwise we'll be back next week with another episode uh, review so until then we will say houdat everybody have a great week my